Coming up on today's show, we have a little Disney news, and of course, we might sprinkle in a few other things that come to mind that the news might stir up. That's coming up next on Traveling with a Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 254 of Traveling with the Mouse. It is Wednesday, February the 5th. My name is John. I am hosting this week, and I am joined by Adam. What's up, everybody? And the resident archaeology expert, Jason. Oh, I'm glad you remembered. Uh, it's a, it's going to be an early spring. The groundhog saw or didn't see or whatever it was supposed to be. Spring is coming, guys. It's warm here in Atlanta. We didn't even have a winter. Right. It's great. <laughs> and uh, apparently the groundhog is pretty crappy at his predictions. He's only right like 40% of the time. So Ooh. depends on which groundhog <laughs> you're talking about. Oh, I don't know. I'm talking about Phil. Yeah. I guess. One in Georgia, which I will not say his name, is right 60% of the time, apparently. Oh, uh, but he said about, it would be six more weeks of winter. What about the one is in he, the Bill Murray Super Bowl commercial? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, is the reason why you won't say his name because you don't know it or? Oh, I know it. <laughs> oh, okay. I just don't want to say it. No. Oh, okay. Hmm. I, no free advertising his, for that groundhog. Yeah, I don't know what his name is, so oh well. Beauregard is part of it. I'll put it that way. That's Beauregard. part of his name. Beauregard. Saying it just like that? Yeah. Beauregard. All right. We could start this off by saying, did anyone go to Disney World this week? But I think we already know the answer to that. So. Well, I didn't get to make it. I was there in spirit. Yeah, in spirit. I, you were pulling fast passes in spirit and full, pulling boarding groups in spirit. <laughs> That's true. We we were uh, testing out some things. I wish they would let you see, like, oh, you would be in group five if you confirmed now, if you were actually in the park, you know, as we're testing out, trying to jump in a boarding group. Because you don't really know how you're doing. You just know when the thing shows up and how quickly you can pick your party. That's about all we can practice. Yeah. I wish that you could just not have to do this stupid system anymore, but that's just me. <laughs> yes, yes. Climb on top of your soapbox. In the Rise of the Resistance lottery, I'm going to say it over and over again, we want to get that trending hashtag in the ROTR lottery. It is a cause worth fighting for. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll notice that I got into a bit of a, a debate with a couple other people who think it's the greatest thing ever. But it is not. It requires you to devote an entire day to maybe ride a ride. Yeah. Pretty much. There's got to be a better way. Yeah. I think we've all thrown little our own uh, little theories out there of ways to improve it. None of them perfect by by any means, but Well, all I of think it would have one to thing better. to point out is that our ideas are not about trying to get more people to ride the ride. We all agree that there is a fixed number of people that can ride the ride in a given day. And it's based on their breakdowns and everything. It's just being more fair to say, if you're willing to get there first, you get to ride it first. And I don't think that's an unreasonable position to take considering that's how Disney has always run is the first person in line is the first person that rides. Right. And as you pointed out, the lines are not going to reach astronomical proportions. There's going to be a breaking point to which people are like, okay, I'm there. there's no way I'm going to wait in this line. Especially mm -hmm. because there's only so many like super Star Wars nerd mm -hmm. fans, and they're usually at the front of the line already. And there's so. no bathroom in the line. And if you have kids with you, you won't be able to make it five hours anyway. Right. Like I said, there's there's a point where <laughs> people will just be like, no. Yeah. So... Well, I just want to point out that we're recording this on a Monday, so we do not know the final ride count for Marty King, who's running. He did, he was unable to complete his challenge today, his every ride challenge, which allowed him to use the after hours event. So as we're recording this, it's after hours at Magic Kingdom. But he got a boarding group three, which sounds great, except for the fact that by the time he got into the line, he made it to the first pre-show and got evac'd. So he's on a challenge. He had to come back later. He got a fast pass. Comes back later, makes it to the second pre-show, gets evac'd again, still hasn't ridden the ride, and was on and spent you know thirty minutes probably or close to it each time, just waiting to hear what was going to happen. And 
you're telling me this is a good system? Um, someone shows up at Park Open, gets boarding group three. Had he just stood in line, he would have been one of the first people to ride the ride and probably would have gotten through. But because it was boarding groups, he had to wait for them to figure out when they were going to open it. Then he had to go over there, and then he had to wait. So by the time he got there, it had broken down. Mm-hmm. Other people were posting on the Touring Plans forum that they're like, yeah, I got there, and we got in line and got out, and then we came back at 2 and got in and got out, and eventually we got to ride it at 4. This is the greatest thing ever. And I'm like, <laughs> what? How is that the greatest thing ever? <laughs> right. You spent apparently all day one, trying to ride one ride. Apparently what needs to happen with touring plans is they need to devise their own system that's kind of like a hack for it, and then Disney will copy it several years later, you know, kind of like the Disney Genie. I mean, uh-huh. wait. I mean, it seems like it's an advantage not to get early boarding group, but maybe something like 20 because the ride will break down a few times and then maybe hits like a little stride in the middle before it breaks down later again. So it seems like 20 to 30 is like the groups you want to be in. I'm curious as to what kind of a difference boarding groups would have made with, say, Test Trek a la 1999 because hmm. talk about unreliability. Uh, um, <laughs> If yeah. you want an example well, of just how long can the unreliability with rise of resistance go on, just take a look at Test Track. Yeah. I mean, you can somewhat predict how unreliable they think it's going to be, I think, by how many boarding groups they put before the backup threshold. Mm-hmm. So some days the backup threshold is like boarding group 106. But today, which is, when we're recording this, February 3rd, on a Monday, they only did 64 boarding groups before they went to the backup groups. Hmm. And I don't know what the final tally was at the end of the day, but it broke down a lot. Yeah. Have they given, like, what a number, like, the number of people that are in any one boarding group? Like, do they have a set number, or is it vary? No, I don't, haven't seen a number of how many are in a boarding group. It's very hard to tell. I do know Mm. that if they're running normal, they tend to call a group about every five minutes or more quickly. So if it's normal, you get a new group at least every five minutes. So it can't be that many people if you think about it, five minutes. But Behind the scenes, they're probably tweaking people per group, how many groups they're doing per day. I mean, I was playing around with it this morning, and I got on 30 seconds after 7, and it was telling me backup group. Yeah, Hmm. they're going quick. Anyways, that's our obligatory in the rise of the resistance lottery. What else is happening besides that? Great. All right. Well, I'll switch gears and go to something a little less intense, like maybe a cruise ship. A Disney oh, so that, ship. is this the green side of, uh, of the podcast yes, is, now? That was the orange side. That was the more intense training. Yeah. We'll flip back to more intense training after a little while, I'm sure, at some point. Good, because I threw up during that last segment. <laughs> So, um, Disney Cruise Line has debuted a website for the upcoming Lighthouse Point experience in the Bahamas. They didn't change it to Lighthouse Point by Joe Rody. I mean, why not? Uh-huh. I don't know. They, 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 we all know Joe Rody is the one uh, designing, or this is his project, so it should yeah. be totally awesome for that reason. That's how I saw the link, was he tweeted it out today. There you go. So now you can have updates on the progress for the island, which is still not a lot of information yet, but at least you get a little something that you can look at and you have a place to go for updates on it. The map looks cool. We were discussing beforehand, one thing I noticed that I pointed out to you, John, is that there's a future cabana expansion, but the initial cabanas look to be right by where you get off the boat. So where you get off the ship and you go through up the pier. Right now at castaway key you have to go quite a ways to get to the cabanas but here they look like they're going to be more conveniently located right again based on where that ship's docking that's going to be a pretty long dock as well because it looks like they plan on making it where the ship you know they kind of if you've ever noticed on castaway key they kind of dug a a spot for the ship to uh to come into port there if you look at it from like the satellite imagery when there where there's not a boat dock there you can really see obviously how they like dug a trench basically for the boat to be able to fit closer so on this one it looks like the they just made the dock come out far enough that it's no longer in the shallow water and the right. boat gets close as it can or i should say ship gets as close as it can yeah i wonder if this is there's a reason beyond you know they didn't want it it looks like there could be pretty shallow water all the way in or yeah, very. is it is it going to, yeah, that, at least from the way that they colored this map. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a bit of a walk. I wonder if they'll run the tram all the way out 
to the Good. as possible. Gear. Yeah, that I don't know how long that is, but just based on the looks rest long. of the scale, I would say that's a pretty good ways. Yeah, it looks pretty long. Yeah. It's got a cool curve to it, but that's still a very long walk. Well, the mm-hmm. other thing to point out is the way they, I noticed this when I was on my cruise, the way they purchased Castaway Key, they found a place where while you're sitting at all the beaches, you get a great view of the ship out, you know, out from you while you're sitting there. Right. Maybe they did this so that you can still get that nice ship view while you're sipping your drinks on the beach. Yeah, yeah and the, the family beaches in particular, of course, are in perfect view for that, so that makes sense. Other than, like you said, the cabanas are on the closer side now, which does make sense. They don't have a spa, if I remember, at Castaway Key, but they are putting a spa here. Is that correct? Yeah, I don't know of one on Castaway Key. I remember you could get a massage on the beach. I remember that being a choice in the app that I did not select, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, I feel like they're going to improve upon where they started with Castaway Key on this one. It's like this is going to be the upgrade. I saw an advertisement for Royal Caribbean where they were trying to advertise their island. Everybody's copying this now. It's all private islands. There's no need to go to actual you know, country experiences anymore, which I agree with. The cruise ships never actually go to the countries they go to tourist traps so why not just make it a private tourist trap no they all have had their islands for a little while now half moon key i think is the name of i think that's the name of carnivals is half moon key so like they're all just buying up their own islands it's the trendy thing to do what i want is i just want itinerary that just bounces between castaway and lighthouse point back and forth they'll well there'll probably be one that includes just those two stops believe it or not i mean they do have Double the price. Oh, the, they tend to be more expensive. Did you zoom in on the ship to see if you see if it was the Wish that they were picturing down there? That's interesting because you know we haven't really seen a ton about the Wish other than of course the name and when it's supposed to sail. This looks like generic overhead view of any Disney ship. I think it's easier for them to keep the stuff with the building of the ship under wraps because they do it in like Switzerland or something. I can't remember where it is that it's actually built, mm. but. Good at keeping secrets over there. I guess. <laughs> I don't know, Adam. You've been there for plenty of ski weekends, right? So <laughs> I'm owed a bunch, but I haven't been. There. <laughs> uh, inside joke there. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I guess that's enough talking about the island now. But at least we can keep up with the progress concerning the island. It is lighthousepointbahamas.com is the actual site. Cool. I have a story. Somebody hates Big Top Souvenirs really badly because someone tried to burn it down back in December and now it's flooded this month and it has been closed because of flooding now. So so they tried to destroy it by fire and then when that didn't work, they tried water. Yeah. Yeah. Was it flooded separately from the fire incident or was that because of the sprinklers? Well, <laughs> it could have been. I said that it... Seems to be due to a tripped fire suppression sprinkler, and it caused the flood. So, as of now, it is indefinitely closed until they fix that. Sad, because this is a great location for food and souvenirs. That is sad. By the way, did you watch the Super Bowl? I'm assuming you did. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm assuming you saw the halftime show where Shakira wore her, as, as someone tweeted out, viral tweet, wore the same outfit she did in Zootopia. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's really funny. Disney probably paid her to do that. Patrick Mahomes was the MVP of the Super Bowl, and the day after, he was in the uh, celebration parade. Did you did you take a gander at any of those photos of Patrick yeah. Mahomes at Disney World? Yeah, we saw I'm several shocked. photos. Yeah, he was very uh, happy to be there, it seemed. He was happy to be there, but did you see he's got those shades on, holding himself up. I am assuming he had not slept. <laughs> <laughs> probably. I'm assuming he has on shades because I bet he's got a raging hangover. <laughs> but <that's laughs> he's probably very tired. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. I wonder if that was like uh like that was known ahead of time that you know they made everybody sign if you win Super Bowl MVP you will show up at Disney World tomorrow. Like there was a contract for that or something. Yeah. Because they were pushing Disney parks throughout the Super Bowl. You saw they were like the Disney parks Super Bowl MVP. Right. So it's like how much does it cost Disney now to for them? the mvp to say i'm going to disney world it used to be free and of course now i'm sure they're paying them to say that i mean they've done it for a really long time yeah who was one of the who was the first one to do that probably joe montana maybe it's been a long time it's 
Yeah, it's been a very long time. Yeah. Well, the question is, did he get a boarding group for Rise of the Resistance? Or? <laughs> well, there's photos of him on Rise of the Resistance, or, so... Yeah, I'm pretty sure his boarder, boarding group was one. That's probably why Marty King had trouble this morning. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> had to shut the ride down just for uh, Patrick Mahomes. So anyways, I just found that interesting to watch the parade, people celebrating, and they had the uh, Kansas City Chiefs red and white balloons for sale, Mickey balloons. I'm curious if anything about that balloon selection was going to be different if the 49ers won. <laughs> Throw a gold one in there maybe? I don't know. They all have it ready. Just say it was do. pretty much the same colors. <laughs> right. So they, they didn't have to waste money on any other kind, just in case? Not at all. By the way, I'm going to back up. The Disney Wish is built is being built at Meyerreft, I think I'm saying that right, in Germany. So it's Germany, not Switzerland, just to correct mm, myself. Those are different countries. <laughs> and its first sailing will be January of 2022, for those that didn't know. Oh, that reminds me, you saying that. I got one of those after-the-cruise surveys from Disney, and it asked me a whole bunch of questions about how many ships do you think Disney has? Do you know of any ships that are being planned to be built? How many ships do you think we are building? When do you think that ship's going to sail? Those were all questions that it asked me to see how much I knew about their upcoming ships, when they're gonna, when they're expected to be done, all that kind of stuff. It sounds more like a testing your level of Disney Cruise knowledge almost. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Because a lot of that stuff is fact that they already have, not... Like, I think they just want to know how how good they are at pushing the fact that they're I they guess. got a new yeah. ship coming. You know, they yeah. or did you did you see any material about a new ship on your cruise? Did you, you yeah. know, all these kind of things that they're trying to test to see if you were paying any attention? Which I did not see anything pushing the Disney wish on my cruise. I was going to say, did they ask you if you know which character is uh, going to don the Disney wish? No, they didn't ask you that one. They did not. That was not part. It wasn't a trivia game. It was a, a, a survey. <laughs> I know it, it sure sounded like, a like it. Game. Yeah. <laughs> did it ask you what type of fuel it's going to be powered by? If you if you need that information. <laughs> no, I it didn't. It didn't give me okay. that either. Okay. I, I was assuming anyway. it was going to be you know crushed up dinosaurs, but. <laughs> well, it will be powered by clean burning liquefied natural gas and be the same as ships six and seven. I love whenever we throw the word clean in front of things and just, just is now. It's clean. Clean. What's next on the docket? What, what, I think it's around to you, John. What, what, what do we got this is it back? Is it back to me again? Because I didn't really have anything else. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, ex- I'm excited then that supposedly within a few days, the Regal Eagle Smokehouse is going to be open, mm. which means that ah, yes. at the end of this month, when I'm back at Disney World, I am definitively going to sample something from the regal eagle smokehouse oh yeah i'm, I'm yeah. getting more and more excited about this i've got high expectations yeah I, it's what opening on the ninth is that something like that yes yes yeah. so a week or so they went from having hardly any barbecue to having like <laughs> saturation of barbecue <laughs> yeah pretty soon there's gonna be too much barbecue and then all these are gonna close down it's like people it's almost like there's like okay you hear people say hey they want more barbecue they want barbecue we'll give them barbecue We'll make them sick of barbecue. It's like, <laughs> exactly. like with, it's like with Dole Whip. Everybody loves Dole Whip. Hey, let's put it absolutely everywhere. <laughs> Ooh, maybe they'll do Dole Whip topped with barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue sauce on top of a Dole Whip. Yes, made by Dole. So, sounds no, like, like, like it's kind of like a pork smoothie. <laughs> you take the pulled pork with the Dole Whip and blend it up. <laughs> this, this is going to make me vomit for the second time this episode. First it was boarding groups. Now it's uh, barbecue Dole Whip smoothie. <laughs> All right, I'll change the sub- subject here to uh, something that isn't food related, and that is the new queue for Buzz Lightyear has been yeah. revealed. So when I was there in December, it was kind of walled off, the whole area where Buzz, the animatronic Buzz, that was completely walled off. Now it's opened back up, and it's very different in there. It looks like they're trying to have more indoor queue space so that when it's summer or busy times, there's not a huge line outside in the rain or sun for this. It looks like they're trying to squeeze more people inside the queue part. Hopefully it is more indoors. I just hope that they keep it indoors, people nice and cool, enjoy some Buzz Lightyear. I think it's just that this fast pass line 
the fast pass return line in Buzz Lightyear can get pretty backed up. So we'll see if it stays that way. I don't think see how this could would change that particular fact, but we'll see. Yeah, they should consult Jason on uh, how to work the fast pass lines. Right? Why not? How to, how to run those cues. So they move the entrance point where if you're in the fast pass line, you no longer get to see the animatronic buzz anymore. You don't even go near him. So, Well, yeah, don't even bother getting fast passes, people. Just leave them <laughs> to me. I've seen the animatronic, but it's worth the standby line. I mean, if you really want the full story, you should do the standby line. <laughs> Apparently. I was going to say they took this time, you know, reworking the queue, that they re-recorded uh, Buzz's parts with Tim Allen. And uh, just yeah, to see if I Adam wish. can tell the difference. Oh, I could tell the difference if it was. But I'm not going to wait in standby line to find out. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Ever? Unless I'm rope dropping Buzz one day. I don't know. Let's see. When I did Buzz, yeah, we just, I mean, I can't remember. If the Fast Pass line back in September still did go by Buzz, right? Just no longer. Oh. Didn't it used to go by Buzz? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it okay. did. Yeah, the merge point was well before well, not well before, but right before that point. You, the old yeah. entrance was right by the animatronic buzz, but now it's much further back. Yes, so. we should. I'm thinking now we should probably do a subject on uh, most annoying cues. <laughs> now that I think about it. Oh, this cue didn't. They didn't improve the like shoulder to shoulder, walking back and forth in circles part of it. They actually made it worse in that from that aspect. Well, see, buzz is one of those. It's akin to say I would say the cue is like. Uh, an interrogation device with like the music if you have to stay in it for any length of time you know what i mean yeah okay it's all just yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's all it does over and over again i'll tell you whatever you want just stop the just stop the <laughs> exactly sound. just stop the music okay were you uh were you guys thinking of doing a dessert party your next uh trip <laughs> all the time i think about it <laughs> i think about how expensive they are price went up uh, but, but if you're 21 years and over, you can now enjoy beer and wine as part of your admission price. Alcohol is now included. So, so the, that's why it went up. So it wasn't before? <laughs> no. And so here it is. At Tomorrowland Terrace Dessert Party is now $99 per adult. Jeez. And that's for ages 10 and up. So even if you're 10 to 21, you're you can paying have... for everyone's beer. No, you don't get to drink it, but you're paying for it. Wow. $59 per child, ages 3 to 9. The after fireworks dessert party, the fireworks are already over, so now you're just going to a dessert party. Cost $89 per adult, 10 and up, and $53 per child. So they're, they're pricing the value of the fireworks at... $10 per adult and $6 per child. Okay. And so, again, they still have all the, the normal desserts, the chocolate-dipped strawberries, the desserts, the ice cream, the cookies, cupcakes, all that stuff. Uh, the drink selections are sparkling cider, beer and wine, hot chocolate, signature lemonades, and coffee. Now, if I was between the ages of 10 and 21, I feel like there's um, something to say here that you've paid for the beer so it should be included i'm just kidding <laughs> right it's just like why did they why why wouldn't they have a price for 21 plus 10 to 21 and 3 to 9 i just feel like that would be so they can keep the price yeah where they want and still serve the alcohol right Pretty so much. they can make the same amount of money that they made without the price increase right. with the price increase without yeah, having no. people complain too much yeah, it's crazy. It's just so. one of those things. This this is another one of those things that every time I look at it, maybe somebody who listens is a fan of this. I don't yeah. know. But every time I look at it, I'm like, is how can that be worth it? It's kind of like early morning magic hours at Fantasyland, where you only get you know Fantasyland for what, an hour and a half. It's not, it's not. even worth it. I, I just mm-hmm. when you have after hours well, events that are three or four hours long, or you know you don't need to go to this dessert party to see happily ever after so you're just going for the dessert and there's nothing on this dessert list that is worth 90 dollars well see i think this is for the more laid back older mostly maybe they love dessert for the club 33 members who want to watch the fireworks from a different spot like well I i heard an experience 
involving the dessert party in which one of the things they raved about it, so to speak, was the fact about during the fireworks show, there was a big enough space where they were that they could literally lay down and just, and you know, watch the fireworks from like laying on the ground or in that grassy area or whatever yeah. it is they have over there. So if you if you ever wanted such an experience like that <laughs> to lay down and watch, or, well, you know, uh, maybe I they're like you know, I mean, I, there it's a might different be perspective, right? That for some people, they might uh, be like, "Hey, I'm like laying in a relaxing position here, watching fireworks in the Magic Kingdom, something like that." I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I would say it's one of those things that don't out, totally. I just want to point it, out one thing. I just went yeah. to look for for funsies. The 21-foot pontoon fireworks cruise starts at $299 plus tax and seats eight guests. The 25-foot boat is $349 plus tax and seats 10 guests. The Grand One yacht starts at $399 per hour plus tax and seats 18 or 17 if traveling with a butler. So basically, you can get a private boat... Like, if you have eight people, the boat is going to be cheaper than the dessert party. Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. split the cost, yeah, certainly. I mean, I think you have to add on some food, but still, I would rather have a private boat cruise fireworks party than that, right? I mean, it's all it's all about paying for an experience, okay? Yeah. The dessert party, we'll say, is akin to eating at a nice restaurant watching fireworks versus standing outside is eating mcdonald's watching fireworks i don't know i mean you know it's it's just you know you're paying for an experience i guess well a hundred dollars a person it's subjective as whether it's worth it more than it costs to eat at california grill yeah for dessert and that's the thing who's gonna pound that much dessert away like oh i love chocolate covered strawberries i want a whole tray of them like I'm, not, I, I mean, I would, I'm never gonna sign up for this because the only up. way I'm gonna feel like I got my money's worth is if I just like drink every alcoholic drink they put out there. Because I'm like, I'm getting my money's worth. Right. I gotta pay for my. I gotta get my money's worth. And once, <laughs> once my son gets to ten years old, I gotta get his money's worth. So he's like, gonna have so to I eat s- like eighteen cupcakes and forty-eight <laughs> strawberries, and yeah, you know, to make it worth the money. So I feel like that, at, like at the exit of the dessert party, Disney probably has like uh, they they Bark like uh, charge for insulin shots. Yeah, exactly. And uh, maybe have paid rehab uh, on the way out for an extra ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you can have the post dessert package insulin shot. Yes, <laughs> or rehab, whichever you, whichever you need the yeah. most. I, all I can say is just I've just never understood the pricing for this and and why. So maybe if you're a listener and you do the dessert party at Tomorrowland Terrace and you think it's amazing, <laughs> write us and tell us what's so great because I've right. just never done it because I look at the price and I'm like, what? I'm willing what to pay a possibly? lot of money for things at Disney <laughs> Disney World. Vacation Jason doesn't even think this is worth it. Vacation Jason will spend money on just about anything well, at Disney it's World. Well, true. But we're not <laughs> talking to Vacation Jason right now, so we don't know. We've been yeah. we've been around Vacation Jason and looked at this and we have we have been like why would we do that why wouldn't we just go over here and yeah. spend the money at like california grill mm-hmm. i don't know vacation jason did sign up for dvc well yeah <laughs> anyway vacation jason well vacation jason backed out of dvc but i think there's there was a lot of jason yeah <laughs> regular regular jason dr jekyll and mr hyde <laughs> well i guess if anyway. you really like dessert you really like beer and wine and you like laying down to watch fireworks <laughs> then this is for you. I know what anyway. they'll do. They'll they'll give you five percent off of a uh, Lyft minivan ride back to your hotel after you drink yourself to a stupor trying to make it worth your money. By the way, I kind of feel like we entered Bizarro World right there because I was the one doing the pros on the yeah, dessert know, party. Right? Tell me about that is like I think, uh, wacky Wednesday I think it, here. Yeah, I I think that it's just the. I have like a, a a nature built into me that wants to argue the opposite at at times. I well, no, you're you know. you're you're okay with this because it's not IP draped. If they put, <laughs> you know, stitches dessert party. There's time. I mean, I do play devil's advocate a lot. Yeah. So, all right, I want to touch on something right quick. We're going out west to Disneyland, even though I know we're mainly Disney World. But something I just came across that I thought thought was kind of interesting in that the hiring process for Avengers Campus. I saw a little story on it. 
And I'm just going to read verbatim what it says in this paragraph, but it says, Imagine you're preparing for an upcoming job interview. You make sure you have a pristine cover letter and resume. You pick out an impressive outfit, and you rehearse answers to common interview questions. Then you arrive at the interview only to be told to throw it all out the window and instead come up with a superhero name and powers. Because that is exactly what Disney has done with with hiring their opening team at Avengers Campus. It says here, the first order of business Mm. was for applicants to completely redesign their resumes to fit the storytelling of Marvel. And next they had to come up with their own superhero identity. Hmm. Could you do something like that? Me? No, but I'm also not creative (laughs) enough to have that job. Got you. It's interesting to do, though, because I think that it might help them weed out who's the perfect people for the Marvel job. It's just, it's unique. We'll put it that way. My son came up with a superhero the other day. He called him Sticky Man. Sticky Man? Mm Mm-hmm. What was the special power of Sticky Man? He could stick to stuff. Oh, (laughs) clever. And, like, he was basically Spider-Man. He could stick to a wall and, like, climb up it and stuff. I was like, isn't that Spider-Man? No, this is Sticky Man. Very different. (laughs) And he could fly, too. (laughs) Ah. It's like, oh, okay. He just made up a bunch of stuff, you know. (laughs) Well, at least he shows some creativity. When I was a kid, I remember I had a, a like a three-in-one superhero that I would pretend to be. It was like a combination Superman, Flash, Gordon, you know, Flash. And I don't remember what the third one was, but whatever powers weren't covered by those first two got added in with the third one. Right. You just wanted all the powers. He could fly. He was invincible, and he could run really fast. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah basically. He had a utility belt. Oh, I think I had invisibility in my third power. So, yeah, because that's not covered in the first two. Right, there you have it. Well, I was going to kind of finish that. It says, after the icebreaker exercise was complete, the recruits needed to work together as a team, again, only knowing each other's superhero names and powers, to gain access to the interviewing room through a series of codes and puzzles. Escape room? Basically. You basically went to kind of like an escape room as your interview now. The interview itself was fashioned more like a Marvel quiz. Questions like, who is your favorite Spider-Man character? Are you Team Captain America or Team Iron Man? Why? That sounds like a cool interview to be in, even though I don't think I would pass, pretty much. Um, Not just because I'm 41. (laughs) Not that that would matter, I don't think. You've seen uh, how they have the the actual flying Spider-Man that's going to be in the attraction. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you've seen it. Mm Mm-hmm. I couldn't help but notice these like little spider bots that they're going to have on there look very much like those. And I, I say this because I just recently watched the movie again. But mm-hmm. the the bugs, I guess, or the what do they call them in Wreck It Ralph, except they're red and blue in this case instead of. Do you know what I'm talking about? The original Wreck It Ralph. Has it been that long bugs. since you've seen it? Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, the bugs. Yeah, I'm trying to recall from the what's it called Hero Duty game that he hacked into and then one followed him over into sugar rush on the escape pod see it has been a while obviously yeah so anyway i'm just wondering if they just took that design and just said hey we'll throw it into this attraction which i really want to do by the way i was very tempted to go out west but i don't think it's going to happen this year Uh, i really wanted to go out to disneyland so for some of these openings but maybe one day in the future we shall see all right moving along moving right along Hey, did you guys see some of the new signage, like the new Ocean Life and the new, you know, what are your thoughts as they're starting to install more of the Epcot signage with sort of this retro theme? Do we like it? Do we not like it? Well, I like the retro aspect. I like it. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting that we we loop around on what is like modern signage, modern fonts, because this, this feels like we're just, you know, it's like fashion. It's just going to keep looping. Well, to a degree, it probably will. I feel like they're taking, I think the, the the approach sounds like we're moving forward, but both without forgetting the origins, you know, of where all this came from, which they kind of had. They had gotten to a point where Epcot looked nothing like what it originally was. And I think this is what they're attempting to do is to move forward while paying homage to the origins of Epcot. Make sense? Hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the only other thing I had to point out is I wanted to give a congratulations to uh, Castles in Chaos, also known as Rope Drops and Park Hops, that completed the Disneyland Resort Challenge on February the 1st. 
and to Kendall and her friend, I forget her friend's name, but I'm sure she put it out there during a run, who completed the Every Ride Teens Challenge. So we had some completions out west, and we had sort of a, a version of the challenge that doesn't include, it's only like 34, 35 rides. Right now, there is a question. Is it possible to complete the challenge anytime soon, given the unpredictability and lottery aspect of Rise of the Resistance? I think mm. not. I think we're. No. I think you're going to have to have like perfect, perfect luck. You need perfect boarding group, perfect yeah. operations. It has to work. <laughs> and that's that yep. hasn't lined up for anybody. Everybody that's run the challenge has had a Rise of the Resistance issue of yeah. some kind. No Super Bowl MVPs visiting that day. Yeah, I, 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 you should just have an option to be like, I'll ride it broken. I just, I just want to go. Uh, uh, I'll write it broken. Yeah. It depends on what's broken. Hmm. (laughs) Anyways, anyways, so the challenge is still out there, but it hasn't been completed. The last completion of the ride, every ride challenge was the day before rise opened. So since rise has opened, there have been no completions at Disney world. Right. I'll be honest. It's actually going to be quite iffy for the whole year. I mean, I don't think I don't feel like you're going to go the whole year without some kind of com- of completion, but it's going to be iffy. It's going to be probably the hardest time to complete that we've seen in quite a while. So, yeah, unless you're doing an after hours event, well, or once we have further. Runaway Railway, Ratatouille, and yeah. other things opening back up, it's it's going to add a whole lot of wrinkles into the challenge. And I know there's a lot of people that want to be that first one to fifty. I mm-hmm. guess. Right. So. I think there's a lot of people that want to be the first one post rise, just yeah. finished with yeah. rise. I I I don't know. I foresee that could take a while. It could. Now, of course, if you get the luck of the draw, of course, that's what it's going to take. I mean, it, it looks to me like all all runs require it. But last year th- there was a drought from like December 5th, 2018 to April something, 2019. Mm-hmm. So this time of the year is not a good time already for challenge completions. Right. Our first attempt was during March of last year, and we got to 36, and we're pretty happy about it. Now, you know, with a comp- anything less than 40, we would be somewhat sad about. But. but looking back even at that one, don't you think on that day, just knowing what you know now, don't you think you could do better than 36 on that particular day? We could have because Kent ran that yeah. day, and he – broke 40 he didn't complete but we could have done better we didn't know a lot of things but still that was a 15 hour day and that's Mm -hmm. in much more favorable conditions than we have right now because uh, it was a lot easier it was a lot more clear cut what the strategies would be you didn't have a lottery involved so (laughs) it was at least theoretically possible we we have seen that on the right day pre-rise on the right day you can finish in under 15 hours so yeah i don't know i don't know what it's going to take now 17 hour 18 hour day how many hours are you going to need to complete this with rise and it's problems it's going to require a lightning strike pretty much because you're in a bottle yeah i mean because you're going to have to get a good boarding group and it not break down during your boarding group i mean that's yeah that's that's the that's how it has to start anyway well, so. like, it's it's one of those things that even the people who have run the challenge where it's run fairly well for them, it always seems that they get their boarding group called right when it's time for them to use their, like, flight of passage fast pass or something. You know, it's it's yeah. very inconvenient. Well, that's, that's, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I'm saying you're going to have to get, like, boarding group one when I say mm-hmm. lightning strike. <laughs> and right. then you're going to have to actually get through the first uh, cycle without something happening. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I had it interfere with fast passes on just a normal day for me, so I know it's going to happen. That's the hardest part, is See, never know when it's going to actually call you. That's one of the things that people that are proponents are saying. It's like, well, you can go do the rest of your day and just come back when you're called. But that's, you know, you have to stay somewhat flexible to just be like, oh, it's time to go. Yes, you get a two-hour return window or a one-hour window. But for people who are normal guests taking the bus, it can take them forever to... What right. if I'm You're smack not... dab in the middle of Magic Kingdom when it gets called or something, right? Yeah. Or even still, if you have, like in our case, we had a Slinky Dog Fast Pass for like an hour and change 
from when our group got called, we weren't going to be like, well, let's wait an hour and do Slinky Dog and then come back to Rise. No, we went to Rise the second <laughs> it was called because we wanted to do that. Right. Yeah. So, but it, in turn, ended up missing out on uh, the Slinky Dog for s- several of us. But see, um, on that, you weren't doing a challenge either, so you didn't have you weren't correct. you didn't have time constraints. Right. So. But still, it's, uh, I'm just thinking in terms of normal guests. You're not going to choose something else over this when your group gets called, even though you have two no. hours. If you're in the park, you're going to go straight to that anyway. So you don't but want to risk Jason, it going down. And whatever. Yeah, as Jason has pointed out, it does make it difficult to plan your day. Yeah. Because it all it all rests on what boarding group did I get and yeah. how is that looking. And, like You pretty much have to watch the boarding group the rest of the day, no matter which yeah. one you get. Mm-hmm. It's not fun because you have to show up super early. You have to get in the park. You have to be lucky enough to get a group within the first minute. And then once that happens, who knows you don't really know how to plan the rest of your day until that happens. And then the ride may not even open for two hours or three, four hours or who knows right. how long. And yeah, you just don't know. Just, it's very, you know, tricky. I just, just still find it hard to believe that, We're back you know, the Imagineers, that the Imagineers who had all this time to come up with something for this attraction, like a, a system in place that this is the best idea they had. On paper, it sounds like a good idea. It sounds like it's going to increase satisfaction because you don't have to wait in line. But the thing is, is like Nathan pointed out, half the time in the midday, if you get called back because of all the breakdowns and everything, even after your boarding pass gets called, you still wait in an hour plus line. So you you spend all day waiting to get in line for an hour line. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. It's going to be like this for a while. Anyways, and my point is, is we've done this twice during the show. We we have sort of a recurring theme. We like to complain about plot holes in Star Wars. And my <laughs> new thing is I'm going to continue to bring up the Rise of the Resistance lottery is terrible. And we're going to talk about it all the time. And if you disagree, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're wrong. So, uh, since you offered up that softball, um, speaking of Star Wars... Star Wars. (laughs) I saw this actually last week or a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to bring it up to Adam to see how he felt about it, especially because he was looking forward to it. But the Obi-Wan Disney Plus series appears to be on hold. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. We should have talked about that last week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) I know a lot of people are blaming um, Kathleen Kennedy Mm -hmm. because it seems like every Star Wars project, she's kind of like, Changing directors, changing this, changing that, and she's at the helm of Lucasfilm, so it's up to her. But most people are like, okay, at some point, the problem is you, if you can't be happy with anything all these creative people are coming up with. Right. So, Well, it obviously worked out so well for the latest movies, so yeah, right. why not continue to do that? Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not happy about this, because... I don't know how, why is this so hard to make a decent Obi-Wan thing? You've got the timeline, you've got the best actor from the prequels willing to do whatever. I don't know, why Why can't you come up with something and be happy with it? I don't know. I don't Just know. get Favreau to do it. <laughs> Just all, she, all you need to do if, if, if you're the director of the Obi-Wan series is every time you talk to her, just make sure you have the high ground. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, now, yeah, I, I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> right. <laughs> I haven't watched Ewan McGregor's interview, but he was on the Tonight Show last week, and he has the very he has long hair again. He did not have the beard, though, which I thought right. was interesting. But he had long hair, so he shaved the beard because, uh, well, it seems like me. <laughs> I'm like, did he Sticking shave the beard because things were on hold? I so, guess. that sucks. It's the now the time frame that they set for this series, at least originally, was eight years after Sith, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of what age range this puts Obi Wan in, because let's see, he was a young Padawan in Episode One. So mm-hmm. let's just assume he was what early twenties mm-hmm. at that point. So ten years later, he's probably about. We'll just say 35. We'll say he was 25 in the first one, so he's 35 whenever the next 
whenever mm-hmm. clones starts. So, and then the events eight years after Sis. So we're going to say he's in his forties still approaching 50, maybe, Probably. or maybe he's right at 50. So right, right in his what, prime right there. I'm just, what exactly is it that he's doing eight years after Sith? I mean, because he's going to Tatooine. I assume he just goes straight to Tatooine. And I thought he was pretty much going to watch Luke grow up from there, like kind of like you know, mm-hmm. just be there, be there to protect him in some weird way. Maybe there's a comic book series where Obi Wan like helps Luke in small ways, like behind the scenes without him seeing right. it, and watches over Luke and saves Luke from some disasters and stuff like that that kind of thing but see that doesn't for to me sound like a very interesting series overall yeah how much can luke get into right and Uh, then who plays young luke and it's it's everyone's gonna complain it's like he doesn't like mark hamill and he's not as cool as there's no avoiding the complaining it's just are you making a good enough product or not (laughs) because i mean because there's always going to be somebody yeah who who what percentage and what which ones do you want to satisfy? <laughs> That's basically what yeah. you're gonna have to ask. Um, and can you have you know uh, Obi Wan learning how to communicate with Qui Gon or talking with Yoda or something via the Force? I don't know, learning stuff. I think the only thing lately that most Star Wars fans agree with is the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, most people enjoyed that one. Yeah, but even it has its detractors. I'm sure I haven't really looked yeah. at it. I can't seem to find it now, but I remember they said something about a series they were going to do that actually focused on Cassian from Rogue One. Do you remember <laughs> seeing that one? I didn't, but it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Well, real quick, though, since we brought up Kathleen Kennedy, I did see an interview just in a story today that said that the Indiana Jones, the fifth movie, would not be a reboot and that it would be a continuation. Of course. So, so what are we up to now, like 1975? <laughs> I mean, if we're doing a continuation... Yeah, because like, what was it? Well, it was at least 10 years ago, so it would be in the late 60s, I guess. If they're saying trying to stay consistent anyway. Yeah, because yeah. it was in the 50s, right? Sometime in the late 50s was... What's the name of the fourth one? I keep blocking it. Crystal Skull. There you go. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That was in the 50s, so that was over 10 years ago at this point, so it's going to yeah, be... Yeah, it was 08, wasn't it? 07? Yeah. 07, 08? <laughs> India 1970. Like, okay. <laughs> Seems a little strange. I don't know well, how I mean, he's already this He's already passed Sean Connery's age whenever he was playing his dad. So right. I don't know exactly what he can do at this point. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, yeah, I don't know how they're going to make an 80-year-old Harrison Ford. I mean, he's, what, 78 maybe now? I don't know how yeah. they're going to make him an action yeah. movie. How do, you know? That's what I'm saying. How do you continue that story it looks Unless, great for his age i'll put it that way but he's he's getting old man yeah fast yeah i mean yeah he's not he's in decent shape for someone who's almost 80 i mean yeah you know but still i mean are we gonna want to watch that <laughs> like this well, young awesome character that we grew up with now he's like super old <laughs> like okay i don't know how they're gonna make it good i think maybe in the fifth one they're gonna somehow try to do like they're doing with star wars and they're gonna have a find a way to to kill him off uh, in a way that's going to be suiting, I guess, like to end his story. Did Harrison Ford want Indy to die, though? I don't think he wanted Indy to ever die. I don't know. He wanted Harrison. I mean, he wanted Harrison. He obviously Han wanted Solo, yeah. Han Solo to die. He finally got his wish. but Right. Really, I don't think it had anything to do so much with the character, though, when I hear him talk about it. I think it had more to do with he felt like that's what would have been best for the story. And, of course, George mm-hmm. disagreed. Well, he clearly liked Indiana Jones better. Because he was the lead for one, but yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and for another, it proved that he had a career beyond Star Wars, which not too many did. Right. So anyway, anyway, it looks like Marty's going to finish off Magic Kingdom, and he's just going to come up short by Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run and a ride he queued for twice today and didn't get to ride. <laughs> uh, Rise of the Resistance. I just yeah. wanted to point wow. that out one more time. So, <laughs> why did he miss Smuggler's Run? I think because like, the plan was to do it after he did Rise of the Resistance, but when you spend two hours waiting on Rise of the Resistance, you just leave so, Galaxy's Edge in protest. Yeah, I gotcha. I forget it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of movies, I thought this was interesting that today, well, as we're recording this today, Bob Iger and Lin-Manuel Miranda announced that Hamilton 
was coming to theaters being released by Disney in 2021 too, like a whole year and a half from now. And it says it's in, uh, it's not something new. It's a, like from back in 2016 or something when the original cast recorded this. I mean, it's cool that Disney's releasing this because Hamilton is awesome, but why and why release a Broadway recording? I thought they were doing a live action remake film of Hamilton's. Well, they're going to be putting it uh, to replace the Muppets Great Adventures in History. <laughs> sure. That's going to be a new That'd Hamilton theme out yeah. there. They're going to just have Hamilton Broadway show, which is going to be awesome, and I will go to that. <laughs> or well, t- put it in the America Pavilion. Sure, right next to Regal Eagle. Yep. But the other thing is Hamilton does have a few four-letter words in it. And I'm curious, is Disney going to censor that, or are they... They're gonna, I don't know. It's interesting to me. What is how they're gonna handle that part of it? Well, I mean, they have movies that have that in it, and on Disney Plus. Well, no. the F word. I'm not sure. No, about you that. said four letter though. Well, I meant well. They do have more than just the F word, but the F word is one of the four letter words. But my point is, I don't know why Disney decided this. I guess because they love Lin Manuel Miranda. I think it's because anytime they see a cash cow they have to make sure <laughs> that it's true. on life support before they let it go <laughs> yeah. no that is an interesting thought though because is this laying the groundwork for something like putting it in the american adventure or liberty square is this yeah. like acquisition in a way of... i don't like that idea actually but it sounds like it's right up uh what's his name's uh Alley or no, not Iger's, but Chapix Alley. Yeah, yeah. It's Taking, it's IP uh, in a way that they could, they would. Re- I mean, can you think about if they replace Hall of Presidents with Hamilton or what? I mean, or I, the American Adventure? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I, it's interesting. It I don't know what draw, they would do, but it might draw a crowd for a short period of time. But most people would be scratching their heads. I think. I don't know. I mean, if they had a miniature, obviously they wouldn't have a full-scale version of Hamilton. Or maybe they would do an animatronic version. <laughs> I don't know. I was just trying It'd to think in my head, because I watched it once not too long ago, but uh, Avatar, doesn't it have the F word in it? Maybe I'm wrong. I know it has plenty of other words. Yet it's on Disney+. Plus. There might be. A, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. There might be in there. That's the only one I could think of off the top of my head. One I just maybe. watched that had the usual stuff in it from the 80s or late 80s early 90s was uh we watched the three men and a baby movies just not too long ago which were touchstone pictures yeah. which is why they're on disney plus but anyway i just thought that was interesting i think it's cool disney. cue up your hamilton soundtrack and get ready yeah i mean cue it up for a year and a half from now yep let's listen to it on repeat until then <laughs> i guess so did uh, the other thing i was going to mention was uh margot robbie being uh reportedly offered the role of Tinkerbell for a new live-action Peter Pan film, specifically for Disney Plus. Nice. She kind of fits the part. I could, I could see that. How do you figure that? She's blonde, and oh. she's a good actress, and she could play that character. But she's a normal-sized human. <laughs> oh, darn! I didn't think about that. Oh, she's not. She's so. not like the size of Tinkerbell, she's not, the fairy. She's not fairy size. Oh well. My bad. I guess scratch it then. By the way, I I, I just want to point out since we're uh, since we're wrapping up closer to the uh, end of the night, Marty, who is you know as we've mentioned running the challenge, just got on the the Prince Charming carousel mm. at like eleven forty in an after hours event, and he's the only one on the carousel. So <laughs> yeah. that has to be one of those selfies where the people on the carousel is like, so it's just you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just no kid. You just want to ride this eleven forty at night? Okay, all right. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you do you. Okay. You do you, boo. The other thing I was going to throw in here at the end was I looked at a story about Tokyo Disneyland increasing prices. I'm assuming because of the Olympics this year. But even still, the price increase is not that bad for what you, for what the U.S. parks are. So. The U.S. dollar price of a one-day ticket increased 
to what is now uh, $75.33 for a one-day ticket. Well, they might just be trying to make up for all the lost profits they're about to have from having the Shanghai and Hong Kong parks yeah, they might have to close shut down. Them. And that's going to probably hurt the earnings that are coming up real soon. Yep. I guess they maybe they anticipate the people that were going to go to Shanghai uh, are now going to go to Japan instead. Yeah. So they jacked the price up. <laughs> I mean, that's about like saying that if they closed Disney World, everybody would go to Disneyland. They would. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or a lot of people would. Some people would. Uh, so a two-day ticket is now $135.95, U.S. dollars, of course. Three-day ticket is $181.88, and a four-day ticket is two twenty-seven eighty-one. Not bad for those ticket prices there. But their annual pass is pretty expensive. A two-park annual pass is $909. So it's up words of the Disney World annual pass price. It's getting close to the uh, platinum You think I price. can get, get my money's worth out of that? I th- <laughs> let me see here. Tokyo Disney annual <laughs> pass. You have to go for a lot of days to make it worth the price. Did you, uh, you would go for that over considering the premiere, I guess, or whatever it is, where you get... What's the name of the one where you get both Disneyland yeah, and Disney World? Yeah, the premiere. Yeah, yeah but you that doesn't be... throw in. It doesn't throw in to- Tokyo. No, right. Just the. Oh, there's US blockout price. dates even if you pay that price. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. Let's see what the blockout dates are. I'm curious. So you're yeah. saying what you're saying is if you're going to get that pass, you're going to have to hit more than just the Rise of the Resistance lottery. <laughs> There are, let me count this, 6, 8, 11, 14, 16, 19. There are 24 days during the year you cannot use your Tokyo annual pass. For $909. That's crazy. As soon as they invent teleportation. But uh, the other, just really quickly, the other thing they have is they have a, you can buy an annual pass for just Tokyo Disneyland or Tokyo Disney Sea, you can do separate passes. Of course, it is now six hundred twenty-four dollars just for the Disneyland or the Disney Sea uh, park. So it's way better just to get the two, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's not that much more expensive. Get both parks instead of just one. So, well, it looks anyway. like I have to go in person to buy this. Oh, but you get a, you get a card with your picture on it. So. That's cool. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Is vacation Jason coming out now? Oh, Kinda you know, I'm right? just I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, I'll just I just have to go to Tokyo for, you know, a long time. Most, I mean, we might any, as well throw in an adventures by Disney to Tokyo while we're at it. Do you have yeah. any business in Tokyo? I I have no business in Tokyo. <laughs> Well, this year is going to be crazy because of the Olympics, I imagine. That's probably one reason why they increased the prices. They're going to have a lot more I mean, for the price in. of 10 dessert parties, you can get an annual <laughs> pass at Tokyo. I mean, for the price think of... Think of it that way. Yeah, Walt Disney World. Just think about that. 10 dessert parties or an annual pass? What's worth more to you? Pretty crazy. To me? Yeah. When you include uh, think, tax and all, and 10, 10 dessert parties? Yeah, think about that for a second. The The dessert party on like a light day is only like $5 cheaper than the park ticket. Yeah. It's a little crazy. For $104, you can come in here and ride all of these rides. Or you can have some dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Right, or you just come in. Well, you have to have a park ticket to get in to have the dessert party, right? Right. (laughs) So, Mm. can't even just have dessert. I'm sure there's probably a lot of things if we break down the the price of what you get that we can probably scrutinize most all anything. So, anyway, yeah. All right. Well, I think we've dragged this on. Do we have anything else? I don't think we need to. Well, the last thing I wanted to say. (laughs) Was who's gonna spend three hundred fifty bucks to get a life size, realistic figure of the child from Mandalorian, aka oh. Baby Yoda? Because you can pre-order one now. 
for three hundred and fifty dollars. And what was so, the size of the? So for thirty. It says life size. I mean, sorry for. Uh, let's see here for three and a half dessert parties. Yeah, exactly. You can get a baby Yoda. It's like you know rubber. It's not plush. It's like has his little coat on, and you know fuzzy little hair and everything. It is sixteen and a half inches tall. So there you have it. Uh, don't think I included life-size Baby Yoda in my budget for the year, so I don't think that that's... It says it's estimated to be available by August. Wow. <laughs> 350 bucks. It looks cool, I will say that. It's pretty cool. If I, you know, at times... I think if I were a, a bigger Star Wars fan, I mean, I, you don't get, don't get me wrong, I enjoy the movies, obviously, and we talk about it a good bit, but I would be almost insulted by what Disney thinks I'm willing to spend on uh, Star Wars memorabilia. But maybe they're not wrong. Maybe there are, <laughs> maybe they're just in the right range. But that's how I would personally feel. But you know, I feel like know. this is how the meetings have to go. Someone's like, okay, how much did it cost us to make this? Okay, what's what do you think a good price is? Someone's like, one fifty, and they're like, double, double that. It. And then Bob Iger walks in, he's like, double it one more time. Let's let's go, let's go full. And you're like, that sounds outrageous. He's like, they'll pay it. They will pay. Yes. That's Cut how, it in half like, and double yeah. it. I think that's how they feel about the Star Wars Hotel, and they may not be wrong. We'll see whenever the pricing comes out. That's going to be the the real downer. You pay all that money for that immersive Star Wars experience just to go through the Rise of the Resistance queue over and over again while it breaks down. Oh wow! Yeah. Or what if you're what if you're stuck on the little ship transport when they do the boarding groups and you get there and you can't even get on the. Anyways. I think I'll uh, I think I'll take my uh, resorts that are the best deals like like uh, Coronado for instance. It's still a good deal. Yeah, Coronado is a good deal. I was looking in in May when I'm going um, after Memorial Day. I'm, of course, staying in Grand Destino. And I'm staying in Grand Destino for basically the price we did last year. It's very low 200s a night to get the Grand Destino Tower, which I think is a steal. But just the regular rooms at Coronado are like 170, which. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're good rooms. Yeah, that's like value pricing almost for some of the value resorts these days. Right, they, pop especially. They're pretty good size rooms too. They actually make good use of the space. I thought from you know the last time I was in one of those. Now, so. now at the end of February, I'm set to go to Port Orleans Riverside. Never stayed there. That is also you know low two hundreds, which is what you expect for a moderate these days. Low two hundreds, right? That's about mm-hmm. standard. Um, I looked. They do have availability at Caribbean Beach and with a pass holder discount Caribbean Beach preferred room standard prefer it's a regular room preferred not the pirate room would total out to like $330 a night with a pass holder discount Yikes. for that time period at the end of February now i remember us looking at Caribbean Beach in like March or April last year and it was what under 200 so that's crazy Apparently, it means a lot to people to be at the central hub of the Skyliner, huh? So maybe they should have made Riviera the central hub. So yeah, maybe. Hmm. Anyways, I was I was looking I was looking I was like I couldn't justify an like an additional hundred hundred and ten dollars a night just to have the Skyliner. Mm-mm. No, it's not worth that. No. But I, I, they're getting that pricing for a reason, so it must be demand, right? Mm. So there you go. I, I think Pop is the absolute best deal on the Skyliner line, personally. I don't. Yeah, I don't, Pop 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 is now more expensive than that Coronado room. Coronado's cheaper than Pop now. Yeah. <laughs> I know it depends on the timing. Yeah, but yeah depends most, on the win. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting up there though. You used but, to I mean, get pop for under a hundred a night. Now I don't think you can any day of the year. I bet. Well, I, I think that kind of went away a little while ago, didn't it? Have <laughs> yeah, you been able to get it for under a hundred recently? No. <laughs> I, it, no. In my original early September run, I had pop under a hundred a night. I think I had it at eighty a night, and that was the one that got canceled due to the hurricane. I had it. Well, okay, cheap. so September maybe that's a good point. Maybe the worst, the slowest month or time period might might, might. make a difference, but still. Most times it's not going to be under 100. 
you know, I was just sitting here thinking about this when you're talking about pricing. I remember, obviously we stayed there for less than this, but I remember circa the turn of the century, right? 99, 2000, getting the pen mailer, which we used to always, you know, they used mm-hmm. to actually mail you a pen. And yeah. on that code, getting the Polynesian standard, you know, view room for one ninety nine a night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was what was on the pen mailer. Like like deluxe accommodation rooms for one ninety nine a night. Yeah. Long gone are those days. It's like eight times that now. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it three or four times in at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was only exaggerating slightly. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. You try and get a room at Poly for less than six hundred dollars with a discount. I, I yeah, you you can get a better deal at Grand Floridian than Poly. Poly it seems like it. Yeah, you get Grand his Floridian best deal at Contemporary. Yeah, yeah. It used to be Garden View Contemporary. You can still get under four hundred a night, but I haven't seen that either. Heck, I remember when Garden View Contemporary was under three hundred a night. Yeah, well, it wasn't that long ago. Right. Anyway, crazy. Hence the reason why the Garden View rooms are like hardly ever available close to time. Mm-hmm. You have to get those pretty far out too. Yep, I don't know. It might be uh, it might be the campsites one day that's going to be the the ticket to go. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Even those are like expensive for a campsite. <laughs> well, a hookup, yeah, I guess compared to most hookups, you would have to do it would be, but it's still under a hundred bucks. Uh, I saw, I saw, I think There's I saw some. for this upcoming February weekend, I saw campsites 111 bucks a night. Really? Yeah. For the hookups. Mm. Right. Campsite, yeah. Anyways, if we're wrapping up, before we go to the usual plugs, I have something that I'm going to preview that I'm working on. I don't know how long it's going to take me to finish, but... Uh, I'm going to try to make some interesting graphs and charts and things for anybody that is considering DVC. So keep a lookout. I I think we're going to release this on our website most likely. I don't think it'll be a Patreon thing. Maybe we'll put some extra stuff in Patreon. What do you think, Adam? Do you think we should throw some Patreon out there? We can do some both. Since we're talking about it, I can tell you that our website is called um, travelingwiththemouse.com. And if you wanted to send us an email, that would be podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. And our Patreon, as you mentioned, is patreon.com slash podcast. And of course, you can follow us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That is all at podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store, which you can get your exclusive TWTM merchandise that is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast and as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago you can now get the polos on there and with a better logo on it now as well So, and I, I have a mug on the way I ordered a traveling with the mouse coffee mug that is uh, in the mail any day now alright good deal alright so uh, for Adam and Jason my name is John This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. End the Rise of the Resistance lottery.